if you can get the right atmosphere amongst your staff, uh, you're certainly on a good start. Today I'm chatting with David Dunn, a serial restaurateur who owns two of the most exciting and hottest restaurants in Sligo, Knox, which is an all-day cafe eatery, and also he's the owner of Flipside, a really exciting gourmet burger joint that serves some of the best burgers in Ireland. If you haven't already done so, click the subscribe button to get brand new episodes every single week directed to your feed. David, uh, golf, golfer, corporate, uh, corporate finance, and yeah. uh, now restaurant owner. Uh, tell me, tell me let's, let's go back to the beginning. Tell me about uh, how all that came about. Yeah, well, um, I suppose finishing up school, uh, I, I started a, a, a into banking, uh, financial services for 16, 17 years, uh, lived uh, 12, 13 years in Dublin, and uh, ended up back in Sligo, my hometown. And um, I was working for a financial services company that um, were closing down and uh, was faced with redundancy back in 2014. And uh, I had a decision to make. I had um, whether I was going to continue on in that um, world, which might have meant going back to Dublin or relocating somewhere else. Uh, are really to set up my own business and it was something that was always inside of me that I wanted um, to own my own business um, a food business preferably and a food or drinks business and uh, I just had it in in me I suppose to to do this and um, the redundancy really kind of was the spur yeah. for me to change to take a complete career change and uh, that was the little impetus that I needed, really. Um, I signed up to uh, Ballymaloo Cookery School in September 14. Um, did the 12 weeks down there as kind of just to see whether it was for me or, or you know, whether this was the right uh, yeah. move for me. Yeah. And um, anyone who spent any time down in Ballymaloo will realize that 12 weeks down there, you're just totally submersed in the whole uh, world of quality food and produce and I was obsessed then with it you know and it, it, it came it went from there um, very good and then, before oh sorry David but, yeah, but before no, but, and I I, I I want to talk a lot about uh, th that restaurant that we're about to talk about but hmm. let's just go for a second to uh, to the finance background right um, I suppose like it, it seems to me like a great uh, a great background to have when it comes to opening a business, right, and a restaurant. So, can you talk to me a little bit about kind of, I suppose, what you took from from that background to opening your own place? Yeah, like it, it's been, it was so helpful because I'd been, I spent so many years looking at uh, clients coming to me with uh, proposals, uh, business plans. I was financing a lot of deals over the years in that sector, um, so I knew that you know, the, the background, I knew the finances side of things and what I needed to achieve uh, for the business to, to succeed. So um, there's a lot of people that go into the food business without that kind of financial knowledge. And it's, it's so crucial because it's such a difficult business. Um, 
we're working off such tight margins and if you don't go into it you know properly prepared with a business plan with a, a concept that will succeed you, you will fail yeah and there's no doubt about that so it it helped immeasurably um it it also helped for me because i was coming back to i was looking to open in sligo in 2015 at a time when there wasn't a whole lot of choice um okay. a, a, a provincial town where we're always a few years behind dublin and i felt there was so much opportunity in sligo at the time um uh, so as a as a business proposal i was pretty confident that uh we had a good chance uh of succeeding as well so uh yeah no the but the background is 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 so helpful i'd be constantly looking at margins um can we buy in our products cheaper you know just the the boring stuff that a lot of people don't like talking yeah about. But very good and uh so so let's get into it so so um you then uh, opened uh, what is now Knox in Sligo. Yeah. Uh, so let, let, talk to me about that process uh, of of opening opening up. Yeah, yeah. We were looking at um, uh, at the time I, I was opening up with a business partner, uh, the two of us, and we were looking at um, uh, a, an ideal uh, location, uh, looking for a unit somewhere around the town, and. Um, that took a number of months because um, they're short in short supply. Uh, I eventually ended up buying a old uh, insurance offices, uh, which were on the main street, you know, Collins Street in Sligo. And we had to go through a whole refurb. Uh, we had to go through the planning process. Uh, we had to put in a kitchen. So it was quite tricky in terms of um, uh, starting in that on that basis. Um, um, and it certainly was a learning curve in terms of um, uh, knowing what to do, you know, in, in that side of things. So once the planning came through, uh, we we were working on the design and the decor and what we wanted, how what kind of feel we wanted um, of the premises. Uh, we used Pinterest a lot, got a lot of ideas from from the Pinterest idea, you know, and we had a really good uh, carpenter who was able to do. You know any ideas we wanted he would um, be able to make them so we kind of went with the kind of a, re a recycled feel um, to the premises um, we use old scaffolding boards that were being mm -hmm. uh, thrown out we were using old pallets uh, we used on the wall so um, that was the kind of feel we went for um, and uh, we took it from there yeah. where, where did that come from then like uh, I suppose uh, like the did, uh, was it always going to be that uh, concept or, or, or was there any other place that you looked at and you said, you know, that you kind of modeled it off? Or? Uh, I didn't really model it off any one place in particular. Um, I, I always had a, a soft spot for the kind of daytime brunchy type places that you'd see in Dublin or any of the large urban centers around Europe. Um, and that was the kind of feel that I wanted. I wanted um, good music. I wanted somewhere you could relax and possibly have a coffee in the morning and then develop that into kind of a, a brunch type offering. So um, I wanted, uh, I think music and atmosphere is so important in, in, um, in developing a place. So um, that was kind of the feel that we, we kind of went for and um, kept that through. Yeah, and, and you spent years in, uh, in Dublin, you were saying, and, and mm. you said, you know, you, you like to look at some of the places there. Uh, 
like was it a i suppose uh you know was it a is it a big difference, right, taking somewhere in Dublin, uh, you know, that works in Dublin and then taking into Sligo? Like, did you find that you kind of have to adapt to Sligo? What's the kind of environment like in Sligo? Yeah, I think um, at the time, um, I felt in 2015, um, there wasn't a huge amount of choice in Sligo. And there were still a little bit in, in the traditional cafe style or... Yeah even your offering was pretty the basic traditional fry or you know there was nothing too inventive or different going on with the exception of one or two places and uh i just felt my time in dublin where you you go every weekend you find somewhere different something yeah. you know whether it be eastern european or uh different styles really on your doorstep and um I wanted to bring something a little bit different, but not too different, if the, if you get me, because yeah, I just yeah. felt if you're going too far out there, you're, you're going to lose the general population. And uh, Sligo is a small enough town, so you need to be kind of uh, something that fits all, you know. So we were conscious that we would have a menu that was a little bit, a little bit edgier at the time, but that people could easily understand. So we weren't going to throw in dishes that people just didn't have a clue what they were so yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can go too far out there when you're dealing in um, uh, kind of provincial towns around the time yeah and did, did you get it right from the beginning uh, or like uh, did, did you have to change it up we we had a great start there was no question about that and um, I think with any food business if you can get a good start it is just brilliant you know uh, it's so important and we did get it we initially were just open daytime um, and weekend brunch on Saturday and Sunday was absolutely ha hammered busy so you, you make mistakes uh, along the way but there was nothing major we didn't make any major mistakes I don't think um, the only major mistake we made was that the kitchen wasn't big enough so we after about two weeks uh, we actually had to extend out the back and we had to develop it yeah it was just you know, when you're opening up a business, you don't know how it's going to go. And yeah. initially our plans were maybe it might have been a two chef operation and uh, we might sell some sandwich or you, you, you just weren't sure the volumes. And <clears throat> we found out very, very quickly um, that we needed uh, more space because a third chef would have to be working and we needed to support her. So we had to develop uh about two weeks later, we, we had to close, uh, three weeks later, we, we closed for a quick renovation job uh, to extend out the back. So um, that was great. It was great for us. It was great um, uh, confidence builder, I suppose, at that stage. But uh, we had a fantastic start. Yeah. Very good. And uh, without kind of, uh, without going too much into this, because I don't want this uh, <laughs> this uh, podcast to be kind of too uh, down, down low and uh, COVID mm. but uh, I suppose going back to kind of March uh, of 2020 uh, was that talk to me a little bit about what was going through your head at that at that point and was that the kind of lowest that, that you've lowest that you've had in business so far would not yeah yeah I think for any for anyone in the in the food or hospitality business um, uh, this COVID has been the toughest um, anyone has encountered because we didn't really know what was ahead of us so um, I remember back in March, we were um, 
we're looking at the there was a, a certain amount of fear that it was coming in the fear of the unknown we didn't know what was ahead of us and i could sense there was a nervousness in the air certainly around the town and we were one of the first to close um sometimes it's like a domino effect if something one closes the rest kind of follow because yeah. there was no real there was no instructions from the government at that time uh, it was really left up to the businesses whether they would uh, close themselves or not so you are faced with really difficult questions and uh, to me my gut told me just to close you know it just didn't feel right at the time and uh, we closed we were I'd say one of the first to close definitely in, in Sligo and many followed and uh, you know when something's just in your gut you just know it's the right decision you made and um, whilst some other businesses continued on for a few weeks more we, we were quite happy with what we had done but yeah there's no doubt the um, the last uh, almost a year now of, of opening closing not really known it's a we're in a really uh, unusual um, we, we're, we've been faced with so many unusual uh, scenarios and not knowing what the right answer is because you're you, you just don't really know what's ahead of you but you just have to be able to adapt you need to be able to move quickly and uh, you have to follow your gut a lot of the time if it's if it feels right yeah. or if it's wrong. yeah very good interesting um and uh talking about that uh kind of uh not knowing what's next uh i suppose has your uh has the kind of the model for your business changed uh going forward kind of post covid yeah like it's it, it's certainly a very interesting um what's going to happen with the market um during this COVID, we're now operating as a takeaway take on a Thursday, Friday, and a Saturday night. And um, that was something we never would have done. Um, we, we probably wouldn't have even offered kind of boxed food or, you know, yeah. and um, we've certainly had to adapt. And I can see some businesses will continue uh, with that option. And it's probably something that we would uh, look at trying to continue as well. Um, I'm also an owner of Flipside, which is a, a, a burger um, joint here in Sligo. And, and the takeaway aspect of that has been phenomenally busy for us. And certainly on Flipside, we'd be considering, you know, the takeaway uh, piece more so than we ever would have before as well. So uh, it's definitely food for t thought. I think, um, you know, the term f uh, fast casual or whatever you want to call it is, is certainly in to stay for the foreseeable. Um, and uh we definitely would be thinking that way in knox in terms of going forward yeah nice and talk to me a little bit uh, a little bit about flipside day because uh yeah. i i follow you on instagram and uh it looks it looks really uh you know they look they look unreal and actually i was someone told me before <laughs> the, the first time i ever heard of flipside uh, uh someone told me the best burger in galway or sorry in, in ireland is uh, flipside uh, he's a man that loves a burger so talk to me a little bit about kind of uh, I suppose the, the success of that. What, what would you put the success of that down to well it came back to um, a unit coming up um, in 2018 uh, and in a decent good location in Sligo um, my um, manager at the time um, was looking to, to go out on his own uh, Paul Brennan is his name and uh, he was working with me in Knox 
and I could sense that he was looking to make the next step and uh, the unit came up and, and I had a, I always had, even before I opened Knox, I wanted the concept of a burger joint um, uh, in Sligo. Never really followed it through on the Knox offering, but it was always something that I felt would would go well um, if we could get locally sourced burgers. And it, it was a trend. It was more than a, a fad. It was a trend over in the UK. Um, we both went over to London, went over to Shoreditch and tried out all their best offerings. And it was something that was there to stay. It wasn't a, uh, in one year and out the next. It was, you know, it has developed into a proper market over there. So I felt it was something that we could um, uh, latch onto. And uh, Paul is a little bit younger than me, and uh, uh, we get on great. And, and, you know, he's actually, he runs it, you know, day to day. I'm, I'm just kind of in the background. Uh, my focus of attention is more on Knox. But between us, we make a good, uh, uh, good team. And he's, he's been able to drive that business forward on the social media side, yeah. Um, yeah. getting the the younger generation out and but it was very important for us that we were developing a, a quality product and uh, we developed the actual burgers with the local butcher and uh, we try and put as as best quality into the burger as possible and you definitely you know the difference you know there's yeah. no doubt i'd love to kind of get the kind of your your customer base for um for uh, flip side because uh like there's I would imagine just looking at that kind of concept and, and certainly where you're located in Sligo be, be heavily um, student-centric, uh, right? And obviously yeah. the colleges are closed now. So what does yeah. that customer base look like and how, how has that kind of been affected? Yeah, like definitely um, the student, it would have a strong student base and a younger generation. But we have a lot of students that are in Sligo that are operating from home you know uh, students that might have been in ucd or ucg and they're they're in their house in sligo so um it definitely is more targeted i suppose to to the younger um generation in terms of uh, our social media and whatever um but a bur as i have discovered in the last number of years a burger is just so popular <laughs> as you know it doesn't matter what age you are and yeah. um we find it when when flipside is open it is absolutely the uh, family-friendly type option. We have uh, a lot of families come in because you know sometimes the the kid dictates where they where they can go to eat, yeah, and if yeah. if the kid likes the burger or likes the chicken nuggets or whatever, the family go there. So uh, we definitely benefit from from young families coming, and we we have all ages coming to Flipside. Um, my my dad is eighty seven, and he loves burgers <laughs> and okay. uh, uh so you you get it from from all over so uh i think when you're operating in somewhere like sligo and you're not in an urban center like dublin you do have to try and capture as me as much of the audience as possible uh i don't think you can open up something in, in a town and and try and just target one specific um yeah. target market in particular because it's too small you know, you're just not going to um, attract enough uh, business. So, uh, definitely, the the um, the burger is uh, is here to stay. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point, actually, because uh, like I, I would often with startups I work with, uh, kind of look at kind of being, uh, I suppose, that old kind of adage of uh, you know uh, not being all things to everybody, or you know, you try to become all things to everybody, you become nothing to anyone. 
So that's one area that I often look at with, with uh, restaurants. Uh, but in, in, a, in a city like Galway, it's, it's vitally important, right? Because there's so much competition and you need to stand yeah. out. But, but I think that's a really good point uh, about some more urban towns like Sligo kind of having a, a larger offering is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in both places, in both Knox and, and, and Flipside, we, we've tried to keep the menu as tight as possible. You know, when I say... Uh, you, you don't want something that's you know you go into some restaurants and there might be uh, pizzas and there might be steaks and there might be everything on it you know yeah. so I do think you need to have a, sp- a specific focus but you der- certainly within that menu you should have something that will suit different palates you know yeah. um, I get nervous when I see a menu that's four pages long or you know <laughs> uh, it's just not the best yeah, for sure. And uh, right on that point, I suppose uh, I'd love to get your opinion on. And this is probably a, a kind of a tricky enough question, but it's one that I I probably ask all my guests, which is the the running a restaurant, right? Running a successful restaurant. Uh, if you were to give even one, like let's say three, or even just one um, kind of uh, fundamental key that, uh, that it takes to run a successful place, what would what would that be? Just one. <laughs> um, I, I would probably say teamwork. Um, I think no one person can run a restaurant. And without teamwork, you would be nowhere. You, you just can't do it. Um, so teamwork as in front of house, uh, you know, liaison with the kitchen staff, everyone working on the same page. Um, I think that is critical. You know, you can't have two different teams working against each other or because the customer will hear it or see it. Um, and I think if you can get the right atmosphere amongst your staff, uh, you're certainly on a good start. Do you know, I think good service is can get away with you can get away with a lot with good service, you know. But if you put up the best food, best plate of dish and the service is terrible. You know that person's going to leave the place thinking, you know, I'm not going back there. You know, yeah. um, so I think um, I think teamwork is is critical. Like any football team, like any golf team, no, no matter what. I think without without the proper uh, communication and uh, willing to work together, I think it's it's critical. That's great, and that's actually something I hear a lot. Uh, a lot of uh, owners, business owners I talk to, uh, probably even specifically restaurant owners would say that their biggest, cha- their bi- the most important thing is staff yet, and their biggest problem is staff. I wonder is, uh, is and, and obviously we have the whole chef shortage and all that uh, the last couple of years, but is that something that you, like, is that, is that something you uh, struggle with a little bit, is getting, getting staff? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um... We're fortunate enough, we, we generally are able to keep our staff. Um, and I think that's down to, if you create a decent atmosphere in the workplace, uh, I think your your chances of staff retention increase immeasurably. So we, we always try and generate uh, a positive working environment so that, uh, you know, you don't have chefs moving every six months or yeah. front of house staff moving. Um, because it is a transient uh, market. So uh, we, we certainly work on that to try and uh, ensure um, our staff are happy. Um, and 
but there is a definite problem on, on the chef side, no question. Um, um, less and less are kind of coming through the system. Um, um, so once you have a good one, you try and keep them as, as best you can. But it's, it's a tricky market, no doubt about that. Yeah, 100%. And uh, let's, uh, let's finish up on this one, David. Um, your growth plan uh, for the future, uh, yeah. what's it look like? Well, we've, just prior to COVID, um, I bought the unit beside us in Knox, um, uh, the adjacent unit. So our, our plans were to move in or to extend in to there um, last year, but uh, hopefully we'll be doing that this year. So we'll increase our, our, um, our offering uh, through that kind of uh, increase of space and uh, probably develop a kind of a wine bar feel um particularly for the nighttime business so in knox we we're very busy thursday friday saturday nights um we've we have a tapas um service which is really really um popular um but we're very tight on space so i think the increased space next year which we develop in next door and and uh and have a kind of a pre-drinks uh, post-drinks kind of area uh will take less pressure off the, the customer in terms of um, seating and yeah. uh, we can develop that side of the business. So for us, it would be, it would be um, uh, extension into next, uh, next door. Question. Very good. It's good. It's good yeah. to hear that expansion is kind of on, on the, the card anyways. And uh, yeah. I, I know the one there for you. Um, I suppose I always find this uh, maybe it's more of a personal question. I like to ask uh, guests, but uh, is there any, I suppose I'm I'm all, I'm very much uh, with my job looking at new concepts and stuff like that. Is there any concept that you like to look at, or even like I suppose, is there any restaurant out there that, that you've ever looked at that you kind of said, "Feck, you know, I, I I wish I had done that," you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I there's so many ones at the moment. I suppose the the, the fast ca casual concept is something that I'm more interested in. Uh, okay. I, I think there is a movement away from. From fine dining, it's not it's not for me really, or, or that whole um, offering. Um, you know, somewhere like uh, in not in in, in slide, but you you see these kind of cool pizzerias that are opening up. Um, yeah. uh, I think of Pie Pizza up in Dublin, or or these kind of places, and you know you you think that's a that is a good model as well um, in terms of uh, operating. I think. So many people have ordered or bought uni pizzas over the COVID in the last uh, yeah. 12 months. So, you know, I, I do think, you know, there's always a place for that. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's just if you can create a, a decent atmosphere in, in the place. Uh, I think music is so important and, and, and soon forgotten. But um, if you can make a kind of a fun place and, and introduce things like that, I think uh, it's good. So. I'm not big into the fads or the things that are coming and going and, and because um, they will come and go. But I think um, you see these quality pizzeria places. Um, yeah. I think it's, uh, it's a good market. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, that's really good. Uh, okay. Sorry. Last one now because we do have to wrap it up. But yeah. uh, uh, the idea of uh, scalability, right? And just looking at your, your both, uh, your restaurants, there's Flipside and Knox. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about kind of like was that something that when you opened up both of them that was in your mind the idea of 
scaling them? Because I would look at some, and, and please correct me now if I'm wrong, but I would look at somewhere like Knox and, and then Flipside. And I'd love to get your insight on this. Like, is one of them uh, more scalable than the other? Well, definitely, yeah. Um, I definitely would see Flipside as, as something that is scalable and, and something that we could repeat somewhere else. There's no doubt. And that was in our mind <clears throat> with Flipside. Um, Knox is more of a, um, uh, I'm more personally attached to Knox and it's not something that I'd be, is scalable really. You know, it's, it's um, I, I don't think I could replicate it somewhere else okay. without being there. You know, I, do, I just have that kind of uh, connection with, with Knox. So with Flipside, I think um, when we, we went into it, we, we did think, you know, if we can develop this concept, it is something that we could develop elsewhere because essentially we're just, we're focusing in on the burger, the chip, and that is something that we could um, replicate in another unit. Uh, whether we do that or not, yeah. that's that's for another um, uh, another day's work. But it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's a fair point and, and definitely one is definitely way more uh, scalable than the other. Um, yeah. but so, sometimes it's not, you know, <clears throat> You see some businesses when they, they try and increase to two or three units, um, it's it maybe not the best thing to do either. So it's um, it's something we'll be, we'll be considering in the future, no doubt. Excellent. Right. Uh, yeah. Very last one, I promise. Uh, yeah. uh, a, a town like Sligo, right, looking at flip side, uh, or just, just any kind of concept at all, but uh, is there a... Um, I suppose what I'm trying to get at here is, could you have two flip sides in Sligo, or is it just too small for for something like that? Or how do you see that? Uh, it'd be too small for the for for two similar units. Yeah, no, it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, the, it definitely would be. Um, I don't know if there's any business that's kind of uh, been big enough to do uh, two different businesses. I think something like flip side we'd consider. Um, post COVID, the you know the deliveries and the takeaway option has been so strong that we may need to split the two. You know there may be a, a flip side takeaway yeah, going forward, but but with the sit down um, in our original unit, uh, I don't think we could. It's very hard for a business to do takeaway and sit down. You know um, in the same premises, so. Uh, that would be the only way I could see, you know, where you're splitting it, the two different offerings into two different uh, units. But um, you see so, so many different things going on around Europe and, and the rest of the world in terms of these um, dark kitchens and stuff and, yeah, and yeah. The, the, the progress of, of takeaway food and, and the idea that, you know, that uh, you and I and, and two other guys could take over a kitchen in, a, in an industrial estate and set up four different takeaways. Um, it's a really... Sorry, David, I'm after losing you there. Uh, sorry about that, no. Work away, David, yeah. No, I was just saying it was interesting. That <clears throat> these, um, the dark kitchen idea where you could have four different um, operators operating under the one roof and uh, using Deliveroo or a delivery service, you know, it, it can be such... It, I can see that being such a cost-effective way of, of operating um and definitely that is that is something that is going to come through and certainly in the larger cities it's already happening in dublin 
Um, and Galway. And it's only a matter of time. If, is it Galway as well? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I can I can definitely see the the benefits of that. Hundred um, percent. Excellent, David. We'll we'll wrap it up there. We could talk all day, but uh, thanks, Mini, for joining yeah. me. Honestly, it was it was fantastic chat to you, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to following your progress. And hopefully, we can uh, we can get you on again in a, in a, a year or so. Yeah. All right, thanks, Mini. Uh, next time you open the show, we'll be Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, David. Talk to you soon. All right, cheers, mate. Thanks. Thanks for watching the Business of Restaurants podcast with me, Evan O'Calley. For new episodes every single week, subscribe below.